If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. I'll be the one to take the risk to go and get them bands. I'll be the one to never sit and go and make a plan. Knowing my mother getting old when I don't got no time. Gotta keep a couple for the road or else get left behind. Yeah. To the hundreds, pledge allegiance, I stand. I'm going pull four in the fucking white sand. I give it all to this fucking mic stand. If it's been done before, then I know I can. I'm on the rise, I'm trying to keep a level head. She want my time, she making me to give me <laughs> Yo, what's the deal, y'all? Hope all is well. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Duke. I'm Omar. I'm Jalan. I'm Donald Martin II. Yes, sir. And this is another episode of the number one podcast in Los Angeles. Nice and neat. And as you can see, we have a guest with us today. And, you know, we have these profound episodes. And I think this is this is one of those episodes. It's going to be very profound. And... You know, we like to introduce our guests appropriately, affectionately, in the right way. And I don't want to mess this up. We're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to swing this to O. Mm. And O, I want you to introduce Coach for us today, please. Oh, man. Well, he introduced himself as Donald Martin, but, you know, he's always been coach to me my entire life. Uh, I met Coach in 2003, 2004. Mm -hmm. Um, he was the coach of the high school football team at the time, defensive coordinator, and I was just a young knucklehead, you know what I mean, just running the streets. And um, he really took me in and was a real father figure for me on campus. Now, I had a, a great father figure at home, you know what I mean? Um, God bless my dad. Um, but coach really served as that authority figure, um, a counselor, a mentor, um, just someone that you could always lean on for advice and just talk to about anything. And he really served like a really instrumental part in my, my youth, um, in my maturation process, um, and just learning how to become a, a young man in this world. And to be honest, there's multiple times where, you know, he's done, he's gone above and beyond for me, where it's picked me up from high school, for high school, early in the mornings, dropped me off um, because my parents weren't available. Uh, do I don't even know if he was able to, supposed to do this, but like you know, open up the weight room for me before school started, so I could get it in. That's a legal coach. That's a, I, That's you know, <laughs> That's a legal um, coach. I know. But outside of that, you know, he's also played a um, a huge role in um, spirituality for me. You know, coach is a devoted Christian and a pastor. Um, as well. I mean, it's in his, it's in his family. His dad is a pastor as well. And, um, you know, the man has powerful messages and he's, you know, God speaks through him all the time and he delivers messages to me all the time. And he's been nothing but, you know, just a great man in my life. So I'm happy to have him on the show today. And I know he's going to bless us with a lot of game. I don't know if that was like a typical intro. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's give it up for Coach one time. Give it up for Coach one time. Give it up for Coach one time. The Lord game, yes. Absolutely. Thank you so very much. I, I really appreciate uh, being here. I, this is uh, just a tremendous blessing, and this is a tremendous privilege uh, to sit on this couch, on this platform, uh, to be able to converse with 
such amazing young men that are really speaking to this generation. And it's, I know it because I'm still in the high school uh, scene and what you all do here, it speaks to a generation. Mm. Uh, it speaks to a generation that my generation has a hard time speaking to because we don't speak the same language. So I, mm. I appreciate you guys allowing me to sit here and uh, like I said, hopefully we get into some good stuff on today. Oh yeah. You know what, Coach? You just let's let's hop right into it. What right? you got for me? You said your generation and our generation they speak a different language. Absolutely. Okay. And thank you for actually giving us our kudos as well for speaking to the younger generation and you know serving as the OGs to that younger generation. Right. I think it is interesting because I've felt that. The older, older generation gives game sparingly, but mm -hmm. like that, that middle generation, we, like you said, our language, Different we don't language. speak the same language. No, not at all. What do you feel like you can attribute that to when it comes to just manhood all the, right, all the way around? It's who we're listening to. My grandfather was a barber. My, he was a barber and a preacher. And I had one grandfather that was also just a, a pastor. But they spoke to us. They taught us simple things. And then when we got older and we thought, oh, th that generation was too hard on us. So we stopped speaking what they spoke and started speaking a different language. And so what happened was the lessons that they learned that they were passing on got diluted because we didn't want to we didn't want to go that route because they weren't worried about us being happy. They were worried about us becoming men. But nowadays. I want my baby happy and happy does not equate to a man that can take care of a family, a man that can take care of a family as a man that takes the life lessons that he's learned and turns them inward and says, okay, this is something that I can build on. But there is a huge gap in the communication because now they have internet. We didn't have internet. They have so many different voices speaking to them. And so the problem becomes whose voice is louder? Is it dad's voice that's louder or is mm -hmm. it the person that's speaking to them on the internet? I look at it like this. There's a passage in the Bible that says, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. A father is a shepherd because his job is to take care of his sheep. And he said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if all of a sudden there's some strange noises going on in this generation that they would rather follow those noises, they would rather follow those strange voices than the voice of the ones that are literally there supposed to be doing their job to bring them up, to correct them, right? Mm -hmm. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's older, he will not depart from it. We're de they're departing from it because again, there's strange voices that they're hearing. And so when my generation comes along and I'm telling them things and I'm talking to them, just like I spoke with, oh, when he was young, mm -hmm. I have to change my verbiage because they're saying, I don't understand what you're saying. So it's, it's one of those things that the message doesn't change. It's the delivery that has to change. And very unfortunate for us. Sometimes the delivery gets lost. The message gets lost in the delivery. Coach. So, the the generations are different, right? Absolutely, yes, sir. How like how do you how do you guide young men mm -hmm. into adulthood? Um, 
with grace and with understanding, but still with, you know, still teaching them how to be a man, you know, and still teaching them how to uh, be disciplined and how to be hard. And I don't want to say hard, but how to just like, you know, still be tough. Well, here's the thing. My, My thing is I'm all about that tough love. There's nothing wrong with tough love. You know, right now, everybody wants to be like, oh, you know what? We, you know, take it easy on them. Right. Because, Toxic you know, they're, they're, they're toxic. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. My, my thing is, is I have to tell them the truth. And one thing about the truth, the truth, sometimes it hurts. Okay. And not only is the truth, the truth will offend you. Most people don't like the truth because it is offensive to <laughs> what they th- how they think. So when you, when you tell someone the truth, they have to be in a mindset to accept it. And most of the times, nowadays, especially even in like high school athletics, we pump these kids up like they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. You are the next coming of this. You're the next coming of that. But you don't do your homework. That makes no sense to me. So what we're doing is we're we're creating a a generation that has no balance. Because as long as long as I'm up here, I'm I'm wonderful. I'm great. But now when life happens and that now you need that balance, it's not there. So my thing is show them how to be a man. I can't I can't expect you to be a leader unless I show you how to lead. So I have to be an example to you. Mm. I can't be. How how do you learn how to be a father? By watching a father. Good, bad or indifferent. You learn by watching Mm. me growing up. My father was very tough man. He was very. You know, he's a preacher. He, he, we, we could not listen to secular music in his house. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. We couldn't do that. As hard as he was, and he was instilling in us certain things, because he told us, I'm not going to jail to bail you out. So if you get yourself in trouble, you better figure out how to get yourself out of trouble. Because I've taught you how to stay out of trouble. But if you decide to go that route, hmm. then you're going to have to suffer the consequences. My father told me, if you go to jail, I'm coming to jail with a camera and I'm going to take some pictures and I'm going to make sure all your uncles see that you a jailbird, mm. that you made a decision that was opposite of what you have learned. Mm. And so, again, and as a young kid, I'm like, that's that's cruel. But he meant it. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. And what he was doing was letting us know that you have to think for yourself. Mm. Don't follow the crowd. Because if that guy is doing something he ain't got no business doing and you with him, you could end up in that jail picture. And for me, it was hard on me because I'm like, I'm a good dude. I'm a good kid. I never gave, gave my parents any trouble. 
But yet, and still, he never let up. He kept saying, no, no, no. I have to be hard on you because you have to take care of a family. Mm -hmm. how, many, how many young men are hearing that today? I got to do this because you have to lead a family. So if you're going to be a leader, you have to see a leader. Mm -hmm. Is there an age that, because we were talking um, before this, we were talking about how some of the things we talk about on this podcast may be too emotionally advanced for younger kids to get it. Do you feel like there is a an age where, I guess, do you feel like there's a, it, any age is too young to start teaching kids a lot of the things that we're talking about? I, I think that um, if you don't teach them, I mean, think about it like this, okay? Every school in America is teaching sex ed now in the elementary schools, okay? My sexual education began at home. It was my parents who sat us down and talked to us about this. It was my dad and my mother who sat us down and said, you can only give your virginity once. And it, it is a gift. It is a gift that God gave you and you can only give it away once. So make sure on your wedding night, you have a gift that no one else can give to your spouse. They taught us that at a young age. And as we got more, the, the, the lessons got more and more intense as we got older. But nowadays, again, these kids need to see this, especially for black, young black men. We don't deal with emotion well because that's not how we're supposed to act. But to see that you all can talk about emotion and talk about the things that you guys talk about, that's what they need to hear. They need to hear, as we said before, the real, real. That, you know what, it's okay for me to, it's okay for me to be vulnerable. It's okay for me to cry. I had a young man come, come to my classroom he has a story. He has a story that nobody else on this campus has. And he came to me and he was like, you know, people were calling me and say, Coach, something's wrong with this young man. Something's wrong with him. I'm like, well, where is he? You know, and I have a class to teach. But at that moment, he didn't need a teacher. He needed a, someone that could be okay and say, it's okay to cry. Mm. He said, I don't cry, Coach. I don't cry. Well, you crying right now? Mm -hmm. And it's okay. It's okay because you're carrying something that God don't want you to carry. Coach, you don't understand what happened to me when I was a kid. Coach, you know, I went through this and I went through that and I was abused. I understand. It's okay to cry. I don't want to cry, but you need to. Why? Because you need to release that hurt. Because if you don't release that hurt, that is a weight you will carry for the rest of your life. The book of Hebrews said Lay aside every sin and every weight which does so easily beset you. Why? What does it mean by beset? It holds you down. You can't reach your potential until you deal with what's going on on the inside of you. And this young man, he's crying. He's, and I just sat there and I let him cry. And then when he wiped his face, he said, I said, do you feel better? He said, yeah, I, I feel better, coach. I feel better. And then the Lord allowed me to minister to him. I said, it wasn't your fault. And you got to stop thinking that you're unworthy of love. He said, but I try to teach every, I try to treat everybody like I want to be treated. I said, but you can't control what everybody do. You can only control what you do. And he was just like, but I don't understand. I said, they don't, they haven't gone through what you've been through. Mm -hmm. So they don't understand that the hurt that you had, you don't want to inflict that on no one else. 
You don't want anyone to ever feel like you felt in those moments. But you're holding on to those moments and God is asking you to let him go and let him heal you from what you're dealing with. See, our problem is we don't deal with the things generationally. Blessings and cursings, they're generational. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're absolutely generational. What you speak today will affect the next generation. What you speak to a small child will affect him for the rest of his life. Generational curses, generational blessings. How do you, how do you break the curse? You have to speak to it. Or how do you speak to it if you don't know? If you don't know. You don't know, right? If you don't know, how do you, how do you, you guys go to the doctor, right? Okay. What do they normally take when you first go to a doctor? They take a family what? History. 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 They take a family history. Yep. Because they got to know is, does this run in your family? Why? Because a lot of things we deal with, a lot of things that we deal with in our body are what? Hereditary. 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 So a toxic man, ask, ask yourself one question. Where did that toxicity come from? Who first started it in the family? Sometimes we, we always want to talk to, I, I know for me, we always want to talk about our triumphs. We love triumphs. Love them. Everybody wants to talk about them. Not the trauma, though. They don't want to talk about the trauma. They don't want to talk about when late at night and someone was creeping in my bedroom. And now my first, uh, their first sexual experience was with someone of the same sex, mm-hmm. and it has affected them. They want to talk about that. I want to talk about the triumphs. But ever ask yourself this question, who was dealing with that little boy that's inside the man that is still traumatized damaged. and damaged? Damaged. So when you think about generate, we love generational blessings because, again, in the book of Deuteronomy, he says these blessings shall overtake you. If you hearken unto the voice What's of the Lord. What's a generational blessing for a us? A generational though? blessing. Like, is, define what that, like, what, like specifically what it looks what like What does that us? look like for us? What generational blessing? For me, I, okay, I'll put it to you like this. For me, a generational blessing, my grandmother would always tell us this, you're blessed because your daddy's blessed. Mm-hmm. And your daddy's blessed because his daddy was blessed. And her last statement was always, but the blessing can stop with you. Okay, so I look at, so then I had to look at my, my father and see the success that he had. In everything that he did, he was successful. My, my uncles, successful in everything that they did, successful. My grandfather, he lived in Houston, Fifth Ward, but he owned most of it. Paid cash for everything. Generational blessings. And what did he do? He taught us to give. Hey, pay your tithes, pay your offering. That's how you keep the blessings of God flowing in your life. You give and it shall be given unto you. What you need, you sow. See, sowers sow and they reap the blessing that they're sowing. So we kept, we were always reminded of where we came from. Yeah, Commodore Martin, well, slave owner. I guess, I guess it's a lot easier to, to say like what the curses are, right? Like right. the trauma, the... Um, they stick out more. They stick out more. They stick out more. They well, stick out well more. they show up more. They show up more. Because 
I look at you all and I go, y'all blessed. Absolutely. I can see the blessing. Mm. You be like, them some blessed folks. Hello. Yeah, you're just blessed. Yeah, I'm going to receive that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll take that. Right. Yeah, well, here's the thing, because how your lives have played out, Yeah. not everybody's lives play out like that. That's yeah. true. I mean, come on, Owen went to school in Ontario. Yeah, that's true. Okay, but when he walked on campus, I said, hmm, okay, I see the hand of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I was on him so hard. Because I kept saying, you can't do what everybody do. Mm, because to whom much is given, much is required. Much is required. Oh, you can't be like that because God has right. something greater for you. Mm. And then there, you know, some things happened, and they this was the enemy. And I and I had to wait because I was upset when they hired a new head coach and he was like, Yeah, you gotta go away. And I said, What are you talking about? I raised these boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I saw the blessings of God on them. And I said, no, 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 somebody's got to be here to guide them in that. Mm-hmm. Because the enemy is looking, even when you bless, the enemy is always looking to pull you down. Mm-hmm. Always. And so for him, it was when I went away, I was coaching in a totally different place. But I was always talking with him. What you doing? Come on now. This is that and the other. What are you doing? How you did? da 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 it didn't matter because my, my, my mind, God had given him to me for a season. And so my job was to do my job mm. and let him know you're blessed. See, here's the thing. If I tell you you're blessed, you'll start to believe it eventually. It's like that, it's like that parent that calls his kid an idiot. Mm. You're an idiot. So what happens eventually? That kid will do something wrong. What, what does he start to call himself? An, an idiot. idiot. He's an idiot. But if I tell my baby you're blessed, you highly favored. You fearfully and wonderfully made by the hands of the almighty God. If I tell them that every day, see, I have to keep saying it until it manifests in their heart. And then they will start to say what I say. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Perfect example. Jesus Christ said it best. I only say what I hear my father say. Mm. See, when of the father's voice, <laughs> the father's voice. Now, mother is the atmosphere in the house. You said the atmosphere. She's the atmosphere. Talk to us about that dynamic coach. Okay, so I knew this. If my mother was upset in the house. You feel it. You're going to feel it. Yeah. It's like this. Let's say your mother works. She has a bad day at work. When she hit that door... You feel the, you feel it. Why? Because she is the atmosphere in that home. Daddy may be the head, but she's the atmosphere. I saw my father every day go to work. My mother didn't have to work. We were tremendously blessed that she didn't have to work. So that atmosphere in our home was always of love and kindness and tender mercy and come on, baby, do this. And let me sit down, let mom sit down and do your homework. And this is that and the other. But when my father came home, he would always walk past his children and greet his wife. Why? Because if he didn't, it's going to change the atmosphere in that house. <laughs> yeah. It's going to change it really, really quick. So it's a smart it's man. Right? A smart man. He said FTK. Yeah. What's FTK? 
We're going to leave that. <laughs> this coach is on this episode. We, but, we got to but, but insert that. But again, know? like I said, it's one of those things that at the end of the day, our job as men is to show young men how to be men. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with showing them, let's make young men masculine again. I couldn't play. My sister had a bunch of dolls. And I remember this one time, she had this little doll hair and you can comb her hair. And I was like, oh, I'm going to comb this doll's hair. Man, my father walked back there. He said, what the devil are you doing? And I said, oh, I was going to comb the, the doll's hair. He said, if you don't get out of here, he said, go outside and play. Go get a ball. Go play. You don't comb a doll's hair. But today, what do we tell him? It's okay. Mm. Explore. But, but what do you what what are, what should parents be telling kids today? You, like if 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 you, if there is a boy that is playing and combing with the hair and having fun. And and coach, I'm I'm gonna add to that. What if this said boy, mm -hmm. that moment could literally change him from being the best hairdresser in history, or or the, and that could be the gift that God wanted to give him. If he's or bent not. that way, but if he's bent that way. Right? He's bent that way. He's still a boy. Mm -hmm. It's a big difference. Okay? If all of a sudden you're watching him and you're saying, you know, my son is very gifted with hair. But then all of a sudden he starts acting in a different manner. Mm. Then you have to correct that. You mm. are a boy. There's nothing wrong with a male hairdresser. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that at all. Mm. Okay? But you are male. Okay? It's just that simple. My father, was not, my father wasn't having that. My father went, let's go outside and throw the ball. All right, let's take it a step further. Okay. Let's take it a step further. Let's, what if that boy is, isn't acting like, a, he's acting like a boy, but he's saying he likes boys. Okay. How do we deal with that? How do we deal with that? How do we deal with that? Well, here's the thing. Again, it goes back to identity. It's a, it's, it's a big, it's a huge word today. Identity. Right. I, I identify as. Your, who, who you identify as does not necessarily mean that's who you are at the core. You're choosing that identity. OK, we have an issue now in in this day and age, even at the Christian school that I, I work at. You know, I had a young man say, ask me some questions and say, well, what if, what if, and what if? Well, people are saying this about me. Oh, but what are you saying about yourself? Okay, and I told him, let's talk about identity. Who do you identify with? I identify with God. Okay, you identify with Christ. Yes, I identify with Christ. You identify as being seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yes, I do. Then why are you worried about what other people say about you? Because it's when you begin to listen to someone else's voice, that strange voice, and then you begin to question who you are. Case in point, Jesus Christ comes to the, to the River Jordan. John the Baptist sees him. Now, John the Baptist didn't baptize a thousand people. This was the first time that he ever made a declaration, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Now, he has not said that about anybody. Jesus gets baptized. The Bible tells us that 
the heavens opened and a voice spoke. The spirit of God descended upon him like a dove and God spoke. Up until that time, nobody knew who he was. For 30 years, nobody knew him. Everyone knew him as that's Joseph's boy, the carpenter's son. But when God identified him, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Then the Bible tells us that he was driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And the first thing Satan did was question his identity. If thou be the son of God, command. So here's the thing. If I can get you to stop thinking and not stop knowing about who you are, I've already won. Because Jesus could have easily said, well, am I the son of God? Well, God just spoke. He ain't there. He, God ain't spoke to nobody else. <laughs> this is my beloved son. Right here. He identified who he was. This is my beloved son. Satan, he goes into the wilderness. And the first thing Satan does is he questions who you are at your identity. It's the same thing he did in the garden. See, Satan only has three plays in his playbook. Let's keep it 100. Pride of life, lust of the flesh, and lust of the eyes. Pride is always at the, pride is at the core of most things that we deal with. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about how we feel because we're prideful. Mm -hmm. We don't tell our spouses or our, our significant others when we're hurting because I got, I got to look a certain way. Why? Because that's pride. Mm -hmm. Pride has a certain look. But it's the identity. The enemy is trying to steal the identity of this generation, which is why you see in the music industry and all this other type of stuff that, well, this is okay. This is normal. You and I had a conversation. You used the word fluid. Mm -hmm. They're fluid. I, said the gen the, I feel like the Generation Z is like real fluid. They're fluid. Like, like, you know, they like, they like to they hug do. each other. Like, you know, yeah. we football players. Now, bro, well, you know what it is? The problem is identity. When, when you become a parent, you no longer identify. It's hard for you to identify as just husband and wife. I'm somebody's mom. I'm somebody's daddy. Right? And so we identify differently now. All of a sudden, but wait a minute. Before you got them kids, it was me and you. Mm. Man and woman. It was the connection was here. Now all of a sudden, well, well you know, I'm a mother. Okay, and you know how you got to be a mother? But it's, we, we change our, how we identify with, with, with who we are. And that's, that's a ploy of the enemy, right? Again, we, we tell fluid. Kids today are, are fluid. I, I don't understand it. I don't. I don't understand that, you know, being a football player. If I saw you and Bobby and Daryl and y'all sitting on each other's laps, I'd have had a problem. Mm -hmm. But in this society, it's okay. It's okay. They're just really in touch with who they are and they're feminine self. And I'm like, okay, well, but you're, but you're men. Are men supposed to? But men don't even, we don't even conduct ourselves like that. So no. it's not okay. It's not, it's okay. not okay. It's not okay. It's, but again, that behavior is not, is not typical and it's, it's not typical behavior for men. No. Even, even if, and I don't even want to go down, but even if you are homosexual, that's not, typical behavior to just no. be sitting on another man's lap I, and I don't in the middle it. of class in the middle of whatever it is that you're doing but here's the thing though okay I have a son and I have a daughter okay when my son came I could care less if he fell he busts his head oh well get up let's roll you good 
Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We go out there and play ball. He get hit in the face with the ball. Oh, well, deal with it. So I'm going to ask you, Coach, why, why do we do that? Why is that okay for us to do with the difference between little boys and little girls? Because they're different. Is that preparation for society? Or, like, why is it that we do that? I, I can speak for myself. Okay. Now, I wanted a boy's boy. I wanted a boy like me that I want to go wrestle with everybody. You know, my dad and I used to wrestle. Like, I mean, wrestle. He used to, you know, toss me around, and I come right back, and, you know, it, t- it gave you that tenacity to do what you got to do, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I used to play, when I was um, young, young, I played football with the big boys. I wanted, I wanted to smack heads. I wanted to tackle whoever. I wanted to tackle grown men. Why? Because it was what my father instilled in me. Come on now, you can do this. You got to be tough. But how he treated my sister, he was, you're beautiful. You're so lovely. Daddy's smart girl. And I'm looking like, you know, my sister ain't all that. What's, what's up with that? Why are you talking to her like that? You talking to me differently. Because we have to validate our daughters. Mm. We have to tell them who they are before somebody that don't love them tell them what they want them to know. Mm. So it's not about society. It's about doing my job. Who's the first man that a daughter loves? It's her daddy. And if he don't do his job, remember this, every adult problem is an unresolved kid issue. Every adult problem is an unresolved kid issue. All of us have 10 emotional needs that we're supposed to be met as children. And when they are not met, we go out and we look for them. What are those? I had them written down. I didn't even bring, but you know, emotionally, uh, security. Where do you find security as a child? You find it in the home. Mm -hmm. Your parents, your mom and your dad. Who, who, Who protects you? Yeah. Right? But you ask a child that, uh, I was dealing with a child that had uh, dealt with molestation. And one of the biggest things that was nobody protected me. There's a, uh, there's a movie that Samuel L. Jackson did, uh, A Time to Kill. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a scene in there that it should resonate with every father. When they finally found the baby girl and he came in the room, she said, Daddy, where were you? And for me, I was like, oh, my God. I didn't even have kids yet. I was like, oh, my gosh. Daddy, I called you. Where were you? Because that, 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 emo- that security need is there. The emotional need is there. I need somebody to be my champion. I need somebody. My companionship is there. I learned all that from being in the home, right? Like, I learned my companion when I was growing up was my sister and then my mom would just sit and listen for hours to, to me talk, just, da, 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 just talking. I didn't have that with my dad. My dad was business. My dad was, hey, what, what did you do today? This, that, and the other. Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you do this? But my mother was like, tell me about your day. And I learned how to love by watching my mother. 
Mm-hmm. So again, it's one of those things that if those needs are not met, so when we get older, we go look for those needs. We need those needs met. Those reservoirs have to be filled before we leave home. If they're not filled, we go out and search for something that is going to fill that, res- that reservoir. Mm-hmm. And most of us run to things that are not good for us. Mm-hmm. They're not good for us. But I'm going to go out and find it because it's what, I'm, what, I, what I have a need for. So just even talking about little girls, I, it's, that's my job. I have an 18-year-old daughter at home. From the time that we knew that she was a girl, I started talking to her, telling her who you are. Because I don't want her to fall for the first man that says, I love you. Because nine times out of ten, he's lying. Because he has an agenda. And I tell my daughter, well, he's going to say this, this, that, and the other. You know, my daughter was very good because someone says, oh, you know, you're really pretty. She said, I know, my daddy tells me. She says what her daddy say. And that way, again, because, again, let, let's keep it 100. Most, most men, we look for weakness in women. Why? Because it pulls their defenses down. But a woman that has been built up and a woman that knows who she is because her father has validated who she is, you can't run game on that girl. It's difficult to run game when someone knows who they are. But we, we still try it. Men, we, they'll try, try it, but then they be like, oh, you know, oh, she's stuck up. She this, this. No, 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 no. She's not mm-hmm. stuck up. She's smarter than your game. Mm. And she knows who she is. She has identified with what her father said she was. You're fearfully, wonderfully made. You are blessed. You, tell, you, you, you validate her, your daughter. Your son, my father told us, he set us all down. He set us both down. And I'll never forget this because this is the very first time I ever heard something crazy come out of a preacher's mouth. And we were having a conversation about relationships. And he was talking to us about relationships. And he looked at my 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 sister and a lot of people might think this is cruel but he looked at my sister and he said listen i'm not gonna have a horror for a daughter i was like "Ooh, daddy said whore <laughs> like what do you say to that and then he looked at me and he said and i'm not going to allow you to be a male whore and mess up somebody's daughter mm. and i'm thinking to myself i'm not even thinking about that because all i cared about at that time was playing ball. And he said, no, 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 because that's going to change. You're going to start thinking about that. And I was like, wow. And, you know, when as growing up, I kept saying, man, that's kind of that's kind of jacked up. I even told my sister that was kind of mean, wasn't it? <laughs> but as we got older, we understood. Mm. And we had a choice. We had choices to make. But again, the voice of your father, who's the voice that you hear the most of? Where's the voice? Who's the voice? Whose voice do you hear before you make a bad decision? Nine times out of ten is the voice of your father. Mm. If your father was that guy, it's the voice of your father. If your mother was was the was was the uh, influence in your life, it's her voice that you hear. And then what happens? Then you have to make a choice. Do I ignore it? And do I ignore the teachings of it? And do I go against what she has, what they have taught me and do what I want to do? And then I got to deal with the consequences. So, Coach, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, um, talking truthful, by the way, I just want you to know that. Something that's very important as you're speaking that I hear is a two-parent household. 
Yes. Right? I feel like in a two-parent household, it's much easier to discover identity in a two-parent household when you're getting fed um, a full plate. Right. right? We have a lot of situations in society where someone may be getting raised by a single parent, a single mother, and then we get back to talking to identity, and we're talking about what that single mother may have been through. Right. How is that child now going to be able to search for identity? Okay. So the question is, um, and I, again, I'll speak in my own personal uh, things sure. that I've dealt with. The, is that child your child or is that child your person? It's a big difference because a lot of times what, what, what things that we've dealt with is the fact that, well, that's my guy. No, that's your son. That ain't your guy. And you give that kid so much leeway because in, in his mind, I'm the man of the house. No, you a child. See, here's the thing. I love, I honor single mothers. I, I think what they do is absolutely amazing. God bless each and every last one of them. But they still have to have a male figure to teach them. That's where the uncles come in. That's where grandpa comes in. That's where, you know, Coach. The, them strong ones, them mm -hmm. strong men. I need, I need somebody to teach my son how to be a man. She could teach him everything, but there's one aspect that she cannot. My grandmother, would, my grandmother had eight sons, eight, one girl on my father's side. My other grandmother had nine girls and six boys. My grandmother on my father's side, she had to raise men. Okay, Grand, granddad was in the house, but again, she's the atmosphere. And her job was to take what granddad said and pass it on down. She was tough cookie. She's still tough. She's 98 years old. She'll tell you, put up your dukes. <laughs> Let's get at this thing. But how she raised them, they are all, again, as I said, they're all very successful. They're, they're, they're done, they've done their thing, but they all honor their mother. They honor their mother so much that you're looking at them going, Man, you know, what, what, was, what was your secret? And she said, she would always tell us the secret is once she kept them in church. She kept them praying. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But she also kept them understanding who they were. My mother's, my mother's side of the family, the girls are stronger than the boys. Why? Because they poured into them more. And I'm sitting there going, man, because I, I have two different spectrums. I have strong men, and then I have strong women. And so, and it all took all of them to raise us and, and teach us who we are. A lot of my aunties are single parents. But you know what they had? strong male figures in uh -oh. the church that grandfathers, they had cousins and stuff that they could take their sons, take your fishing, you know, come on. I'm gonna, you, yes, sir. I want to come back to identity and cause what, what do you say to like the people, the kids, the men, the men specifically that had both male and father figures in the house. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but still, and, and men that may have even poured into them and told them who they strong right. black men. Right. Right. But these men still grow to like men. 
right? Right. So like, what what do you say to that? Because these they have both presences, and they both had, and they and they've had people pouring into them. You know what I mean? You said they both had their mom and dad. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. present in their lives, right? Because there's there's multiple situations like that that we could we could analyze See, and we could well, break down. Most people, most of us, again, you're a spirit being. None of us have seen the real us. Because you are a spirit which possesses a soul that lives in a what? In a body. But you're a spirit being. You're, you are dominated by one of two spirits, the spirit of this world, which Satan is the God of this world. Are you, are you dominated by the spirit of God? All these things that we talk about and we deal with, it mm. all goes back to a spiritual thing. Mm. It has nothing, you know, people, oh, I was, you know, I, I was, and I never get into the argument where people say, well, I was born like this, or this is the way that God has made me. Why don't you get into that argument? I don't get into that argument because, again, no one really wants to talk about the, the real, real. Let's talk about it, okay? You say, this is the way that God has made you. Okay, let's go all the way back. We, we get it messed up because we said he made, from the jump street, he made male and female. No, he didn't. He made mankind and he made mankind in his image and in his likeness. Let us make man. He's talking about of kind because if you go to the book of Genesis, he says what? He made them male and female was in mankind. It was not until he said the only thing that God ever said that was not good was the fact that man was alone. And then he separated Adam from Eve. I'm so excuse me, Eve from Adam. Then we got genders, male and female. So when under the umbrella of marriage, when man and woman come together, the spirit of man is whole and God is pleased. Mm. But he didn't he did not come here and say. Male, female, he said, male, he said, mankind. OK, here's the thing. God said it's not good for man to be what? Alone. alone. Break down alone. It's not good for man to be all one. Mm. A-L-O-N-E. It's not good for man to be all one. Why was man all one? Because Adam was the replica of God on this earth. God is all sufficient within himself. He said it's not good for man to be all one. It's not good for him to be that's sufficient within himself. I've got to give him something that's going to balance him. So God is still dealing with the spirit of man. All of us deal with spirits. Some of us just don't recognize it. Sometimes you, you, you ever melt, had someone maybe even on a job and you'd be like, they just got such a bad disposition. Mm -hmm. No, you know, it's not the disposition. It's the spirit. Because God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I can't even I can't even fathom why people would say, well, this is the way that God has made. But God is a spirit. You a spirit being. As um, as amazing as you all are, you have never seen the real you. Because when you look in the mirror, only thing you seeing is the reflection of your shell. Your soul, where your soul, your soul is your emotions and you know, things of that sort. Again, you're made in the image and likeness of God. Everything, everything that he put in you was in himself. We don't want to deal with the spirituality of it. 
Homosexuality is a spirit. And that spirit is sometimes transferred. Somebody did something. Again, let's go back to the generation. Nobody, nobody's born like that. Nobody's. No, nobody's I, in in like my that. opinion, based on the word of God, nobody's born, nobody's like, born that. like that. So here, okay, let me, okay, we're going to keep it real, real, like Please. we said. You have a baby. If we're born like that, what is the identifying mark? No one, no doctor will pick up a child and say, here is your gay baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't mature enough for that. Oh, <laughs> I mean, but think about it. He'll say, here's your yeah. son. Yeah. I, it's an identifying mark. But isn't, isn't gay different than gender? Is it? Because you, just, cause son pertains to gender, right? Okay. Gay is a, from my knowledge, right? I don't want to misquote, but I feel like that's an internal thing. So you can still be a man and still be like, you're still a man. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're still a man. So gay sexuality. It's sexuality. Right? Right. So it's, it's still technically by those definitions, a doctor actually can pick up a, a baby and say, all right, this is a boy. And it's still, the, the boy is still so, gay. But again, where does, how, how would the baby just coming through the birthing canal be know gay. that they're gay? Right, right, right. Know that the, know their right. sexuality. Here's right. the thing: you knew you was a boy because of what you were told. Right. I think people say that. I think people say that because they can't quite trace that first moment that they started feeling like that. Right. To a moment, so they just right. say, "I've always been like this." Right. Right. But it's always, but, but but it's, again, it's always good. something. You you're you're really, absolutely. Yeah. But there's always you know? some. There's always something that you can say. Okay. Now think about this. Again, you know, growing up in in, in our households. Sometimes they don't call us by our name. What do they call us? Boy. boy. Come here, boy. Come here, girl. You ain't that confused because when my mother said, come here, girl, I knew she wasn't talking to me. She was talking to my sister. I tell her, mama, mama call me. <laughs> mama call you. <laughs> mama wants you. But again, it's, it's easier to say, but this is the way that God has made me. This is, this is the way that God has made me. And, and again, I understand what people are going to say. They're not, no, you don't know, you don't understand this, that, and the other. But it has to start with the spirit. You are a spirit being. You are dominated by spirits. If you're not, if you're not careful, the God of this world, the Bible tells us the God of this world has blinded their eyes. Right? I mean, look at this generation. I mean, you, even, even their, their pop stars and things of that sort. It, it's it's all geared for you to say this is normal. Okay, okay. What what do, what do you say to like? What about? Because like we 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 know people, right? right? We know people here that have so been, do I. Okay, you can say hey, I've even like it's a spirit. I've even prayed about it. I've gone to church about it. It's actually kind of tricky for me at church because I'm not accepted, but I'm accepted because right. I'm still a son of God. But they don't want me there. Right. What do we say to those type of people? You know what I mean? Because well, there are kids. Men, yeah, that are all experiencing those type of feelings right now. Right, but is my, is it my job to judge who you are, or is it my job to love you like God told me to? To love, to you. love you. It's to love you, okay. But you still got to deal with the book. Mm. Okay. So that ain't between you and me. That's, that's between, not between me that's and between you. you and God. That's between okay. you and God. that's between you and God, bro. That's not between me and you. I just have to tell you what's in the book. Mm. I had one of my students ask me, "Do I agree with um, schools?" kicking out 
homosexual kids or LB, I don't want to say it incorrectly, all them, all them letters. LGBTQ. Thank you, sir. Plus. And I said, okay. Plus. He said, plus. Um, and so I said, okay, well, he said, do you believe, do, do you think that's fine? And I said, well, you have to know who you're dealing with. If you're at a Christian institution and then you said, I'm here and I'm this, this, that, and the other, they have to take the stance of the Bible. They have to. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. So you knew that coming here. So don't say that, oh, they're, they're, they're picking on me. You knew you walked into a Christian institution. So I have to go by what the word of God says. Then the rules. The, and he, the he rules. don't bend the rules for nobody. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Mm. He said, I am immutable. I change not. He's not going to change his word to fit who we are. And here's the thing about it. And, and people fail to realize that God even told us these things were about to happen. Mm. A lot of times we, we read over that in the word of God and just keep it pushing. Mm -hmm. But he, he explained it to us mm -hmm. that these things were going to come Take us to, to church. Pass. You all right? Take us to church. Go to church. All right. So. <laughs> Coach, I want to ask you. All right. Yes, sir. I want to ask you how, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about. Let's talk about relationships and let's talk about marriage really quick. Okay. How important is having God, right? How, how important is having that foundation and, and God at the center of your marriage? Because a lot of times when we talk about the success of marriage or relationships, it's things like communication and right. finance and, you know, trust love. and love and all these things, right? Okay. And I feel like a lot of times God kind of falls at the bottom of that list because we allow him to we don't keep him where he's supposed to be kept the bible says that a three cord three cord rope cannot break so whenever i have done weddings i want to and i always do i i have to do the uh marriage counseling mm -hmm. why because i think it's important i'm not going to just marry nobody mm -hmm. we got to talk about some things but the reason why God has to be the centers because he created marriage. Mm -hmm. He understands it. Mm -hmm. He understands that we are different than, than, than our spouses. We're very different. Very, very, very different. God did not, God did not make, God made us logical. We, we're compart we can compartmentalize real easy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I even use this in my marriage conferences, not in the marriage conference, marriage uh, uh, counseling is that men are like waffles. We compartmentalize things and we move on. Women, women are like cakes. Women are like, yeah. Women are like everything makes Yeah. <laughs> he happy. He happy he got that. He hype he got that. He got that. <laughs> but but when you look at a woman, she's like a plate of spaghetti. You don't know Ooh, where it begins okay. or ends. Okay. Because here's the thing. We're my wife will come home and say, Honey, how was your day? Unless something really mm -hmm. odd has happened, I'm like, it was good. 
And that, yeah. I'm, I'm done, right? My wife is deep. Women are detail oriented. I remember once I said, at least, oh, got a new car. What kind is it? New. Um, does that leather seats? I haven't been in it. I have no idea. Well, what color is it? Black. I mean, I'm like sitting there going, yeah, honey, I didn't, I didn't, you didn't ask me that? Didn't, yeah, no. That's crazy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's but crazy. I have here's the thing, up. but it, 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 it's, we, we, God put us together. She, she's our balance. Yeah. She's our balance. We, we forget 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When we get mad, we forget that, right? I'm mad at you. But the Bible says that in 1 Corinthians, love is a safe place. So even if you're mad, it's still a safe place. Mm -hmm. See, I don't believe in this. You know, my wife and I, we don't go to bed angry. We did that like one time, and my wife sleeps right next to me. Y'all been married how many years? 28 years. This you guys went to years. bed angry one time? No, we don't allow it. Because she tried that one time and she moved. You know how women do. They'll move all the way over to the other side. <laughs> Let's keep it 100. They'll move all the way over to the other side just, to, just so you know she's mad. <laughs> okay. But my thing was, uh, you don't belong over there. You belong right here. I'll wait. Mm. But eventually you're going to come over here. It don't matter to me. We, we, we'll be up all night. You're going to come here. Because this is not how we do things. We do things decent and in order. Mm. And if I'm going to be forgiving, the person I have to be willing to forgive on a daily basis is my spouse. And it's a decision. Mm. Just like God decides to forgive us. And we forget that. We forget 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We forget that love is a safe place. Because here's the thing. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He made a decision. What is love? A lot of people are like, oh, love is an emotion. Love right. is this. No, love is a decision. You decide who you love. And you decide you love this person regardless of all their shortcomings. I still love you. My wife is my best friend. So when she's getting on my nerves as my wife, I remember she's my best friend. Why? Because my best friend can get away with things that nobody else else can. Is love, is love unconditional? Love has to be unconditional. Because otherwise, it's not love. Agape. That's the, see, our problem is the English language, we have one word for love. Mm -hmm. Love. Mm -hmm. Okay, ahead, take us there. I know, come on, go ahead. Love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's three, four different types of love. Mm. Right? But agape love, that, agape, that, that God kind of love, that you look at that woman and say, you getting on my nerves today, but I still love you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, you might have said something crazy to me, but I still love you. And she looks at you and says, yeah, you know, you cutting up a little bit, but I still love you. It's unconditional. It says, the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. None of us are perfect. None of us. Y'all may have the perfect bodies, but none of us are perfect mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And that woman has seen your imperfection. Mm -hmm. And that woman has seen you at your most vulnerable point. So this is a question that a lot of people probably have, though. But what if one of you guys breaks faith? Okay. Well, the, Bible, you, how, the Bible talks about that, too. He how, said a, a sanctified woman will sanctify the man. So my job is not to bombard you my job is to pray for you that's where we fail we want to tell you you wrong you know what you need to go to church you ain't nothing but a heathen okay 
I'm st- and they're still going to be why Why would I want to be drawn to your God if you cannot draw me with love? Because God even said with loving kindness that I draw you. God didn't come at us all foul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He loved us. Mm-hmm. He, he loved us so much that he placed the iniquity. And it's, there's a difference between sin and iniquity. Let's, let's just let's say that. Sin is something you just out of, you, you out of step. You didn't did something that got out of step and you get right back in step. Iniquity is something that is so deep on the inside of you that is generational. But the Bible says that he placed upon him the iniquities of us all. So his blood cleanses all that iniquity. But yet and still, we don't treat each other like that. We don't treat each other with love unconditional. Our love is conditional. Mm. You do for me, I do for you. Mm. Coaching high school football is you don't do that to get rich. We make 11 cents an hour if you really break it down. All the time and things. I always tell people this is a labor of love. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for my dudes. It's a labor of love. It didn't matter what it is. It's a labor of love. Late night phone call. Oh, no. My phone is on 24-7. Why? They may need me. It ain't about what they can do for me. He went pro. We've had guys go pro. I've never asked for anything because I didn't do it for that. I did it because I love him. Mm. I did it because I want to see the blessings of God in his life. I did it because of the fact that God told me they belong to you. This is your assignment. Mm. So you love them like I love them. And I had to be an example to them because I needed them to see God in me so that when they got older, they can make the decision for themselves Mm. because they can remember and say, you know what? Coach, coach told me about this. When I dealt with this coach told me about that. We talked about that. We had deep talks, man. I, I didn't treat these kids, these young men, like they were just young men. Those are my kids. So let's sit down, let's have a talk about it. Let's talk about what's going on with you. We talked about women. I tell them, listen, they like you because of who you are. So you have to be careful with that. Mm -hmm. But we forget that God is love. We forget that. And even as somebody that, again, says, I'm looking, I'm looking for this, and I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to live right now, God still loves you. God still loves you. Do you not know Jesus' worst day is coming? Jesus' worst day was not Calvary. As brutal as Calvary was, and the Bible says that he didn't even look like he was human after what they did to him. His worst day is coming. Because when we stand before God and we have to give an account, and Jesus has to pass judgment on his creation, and he has to say to someone, depart from me, Ye worker of iniquity, I knew you not. That's going to be his worst day. Mm. That's why the Bible even tells us there will come a time where he will wipe all the tears away. And those include the tears of Christ. Because he loves you that much. Mm. He loves you that much. It didn't, it don't matter what you've done, who you are. The love of God never changes. People say, oh, you know, we like, you know, we like to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, how God destroyed it because of uh, the lasciviousness that they were living. Uh, and if you read, if you read the book, read, read in the Bible, it would tell you the whole story of how these, these men went, wanted to lay with angels, send the men out so we may lay with them. 
But they know, a lot of folks don't understand that the heart of God that had to destroy a city. But he had to do what he had to do because of the sin that was in the city. But he still, even in that, we, sh we see God's love because Abraham was the only one to ever bargain with God. Mm. If I can find a hundred men, fifty men, he told God, "If I can find ten men that are righteous in that city, will you spare the city?" No one else has been able to bargain with God. And God loved Abraham so much, He said, "Listen, I got to tell you what's going on in the earth because you're my friend. I'm going to destroy the city. It's the love of God, Jesus Christ, the love of who He is. He loves." Our job is not to judge not a soul. It's not my job. I just got to love you. Mm. But, if, but I got to tell you what the book says. Because the, the word of God is, should and is the final authority in the life of a believer. It's bottom line. It, it, I have to go with what the, what the word of God says. Mm -hmm. So you can't argue with me because I'm not the author. I'm just telling you what the word of God says. You can believe it or not. It doesn't change the fact that the word of God is true. And most people say, well, I don't believe. Okay, that's fine. But God has a track record for keeping his word. Amen. You got, um, you want to pick back up? Oh, I, was, I asked you to take us to church because oh, okay. you mentioned, okay, you mentioned, no. you mentioned, okay, now I'm you mentioned that, we can go you church. mentioned that God said, God said that this, a lot of spiritual healing right now. You yeah. said that this would, I basically said this, this will come. Yes. Right? All right, you ready? Maybe I'm paraphrasing. Come on now, it's all right. Second uh, Timothy chapter three, verses one through six says, "But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their own arrogant pride and mock all that is right." They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malice, malicious slander, slaves to their desires. They will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their own conceit. They will find delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of loving God. They may pretend to have respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these, for they are the ones who worm their way into your hearts. The hearts of vulnerable women spending the night with those who are captured by the lust and steeped in sin. If you go to the King James Version, it says... For men shall be lovers of themselves, more uh, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Wherefore, God gave them to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. For this, for this cause, God gave them up into the vile affection, their, their vile affection. For even their women did not change the natural use into that which is against nature. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of a woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error 
which was meat, without understanding, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable and unmerciful. He said it was coming. And our problem is, if you read Second um, Timothy, does that not sound like our society today? He told us it was coming. But we don't, if we don't take God at his word, th this is what society becomes. Lovers of men, lovers of themselves, more than lovers of God. Wow. Coach. <laughs> Coach, man, really appreciate you coming by Thank and you. just blessing Thank us you. with the word, man, and just giving us a lot of insight and knowledge. Um, anytime we get to learn from someone that's older than us, that's experienced and that has good intention for us, we always just try to soak it up, you know, um, and it's always a blessing. So really, really appreciate you Thank for you. Thank you. coming by. And um, I hope you enjoy talking to us as much as we Listen, enjoy listening. I, again, I, I, I honor you. I, I honor you. I, I, I love what you're doing. And uh, you all are in my prayers. And I'm praying that God would give you strategic, creative ideas yeah. on how to reach as many as you can. Thank you. And just understand that God has a plan for each and every one of you. Thank you. He does. He has a plan for you. Uh, like I said, my, you know, I have assignments. I know who my assignments are. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there are times when, you know, I'll, I'll just call him, call, oh, what's going on? And I ain't calling him just because he, I just feel like calling him. But when God tells me to call him, just to see what's going on. And yeah. I don't need to know a lot. What yeah. you most of the time, he'll get a text and say, what? What do you need me to pray for? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. Because God knows. And he has a plan for each of, each of us. And my prayer is that you all walk in the plan uh, that God has for you and do great, great and wonderful things in this world. Amen. Thank you, Coach. Fellas? I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm full. Okay. <laughs> I'm full. Well, listen, guys. Um, Appreciate you guys for watching and listening. If you guys um, are on YouTube right now, drop a comment. Let us know what you thought. Um, let us know something you took away from Coach's Word. Um, make sure you guys are following us on all social platforms and keeping up with us on all streaming platforms. That's uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, that's Instagram. That's Twitter. That's TikTok. That's Facebook. All of it. Everything. <laughs> All right. Everything. 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 Also, please go to nice and neat. That means nice and neat the podcast.com. Go to nice and neat the podcast.com. Grab some merch. All right. Grab a t shirt. Grab a hat. We got some stuff still available. It's summertime. So make sure you guys go grab something. Um, fellas, anything you guys got going on that you guys want to mention or you guys good? I'm good. I'm good. Okay, he's good. Also, you can go to law17.com right now. You can grab some um, some items right now. Use code nice and neat, all right, to get 20% off, I think. I think it's 20% off. Use code nice and neat. Um, and yeah, man, much love, much gratitude. Uh, I'm Duke. I'm Omar. I'm Jalan. I'm Coach Martin. And this is another episode of Nice and Neat, and that's that on that. I'll be the one to take the risk to go and get them bands. I'll be the one to never sit and go and make a plan. Knowing my mother getting old now, I don't no time. Gotta keep a couple for the road, or else get left behind. Yeah. To the hunters, pledge allegiance, I stand. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.